Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the PE Huddle. Uh, I'm Bob Pangrazy, your host, and the Huddle is sponsored by Gopher. Um, we spend some time just chatting about issues and concerns, but I think this one's going to be very relevant to you because I've got a couple of speakers today who are going to talk about how to improve uh, virtual instruction and online uh, teaching. And, you know, many of you will be in that mode or doing a hybrid mode. Um, by the way, um, this will be online and you can, if you listen to it, you can get your professional development certificate after you listen uh, either at the end of this webcast or when you listen to the recorded version. Um, and you can personalize those as most of you probably already know. Uh, I'd like to take a second to remind you that Gopher, you know, has continued to sponsor us. Uh, and uh, we are very appreciative. They have a long history of supporting physical education in our profession, and uh, we should all be appreciative for that. Um, they just released a new product line, MyPEPAC, which you can access on the internet at mypepac.com. That's all one word, MyPEPAC. Um, the packs come with equipment and individual activities so students can use them at home or bring their personal equipment to school to help minimize your sanitation issues. The pricing's very competitive. I think if you look around and see all the equipment that's in these packs, it's very competitive and might be of value for you during the periods of hybrid and virtual instruction. So take a look and see what you think. Um, I, I think it's a pretty good thing, but uh, I'm biased. Um, in today's PE huddle, we're going to discuss how to improve quality of teaching, as I said, and we strongly believe that successful virtual instruction and learning is a two-way street, and it requires teachers and students to learn new skills, not just you and not just students. I've been observing quite a few online lessons now. One of the, my takeaways is online teaching is hard work. For anybody that thought early on that it's easier and gee, you can do it from the comfort of your home, you, you've now learned that there's a million meetings that go along with it. And if you're not teaching, you're in a meeting probably. Um, but I'm seeing teachers becoming much more effective. Um, Arizona and Texas have, are two states that got an early start. So both of these teachers have been teaching for over a month now and uh, or I think students are, are becoming aware of how it works. And so uh, I feel comfortable in stating that I think online education is here to stay. We may use it in different ways, but it's, it's gonna be here uh, for the long haul. Universities know uh, the value of it. Um, we'll return to face-to-face -face instruction, but online is gonna be here for those students who are ill, need special help or learn better at home. So enough of that. I'm, I'm rambling on here, but let's get to the meat of the program. My two guests, uh, Maria Court and Chris Nichols. Uh, Chris is an elementary teacher for the Garland School District in Texas. and He's a past Tafered Teacher of the Year, and he presents at many professional conferences. And Maria Court is a past Aford High School Teacher of the Year for the Mesa School District in Arizona. And she's received many awards for quality teaching, is also a well-traveled presenter for the profession. So now I can be sure that I won't get any questions every time. Well, you had an elementary person on, what about high school? Or you had a high school person on, what about elementary? Okay, let's put all that to bed today. You got them both. 
and they're both quality people. So Maria and Chris, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you both. And you know, you're both experienced online teachers now. You learned last spring probably on what not to do and <laughs> how to do it better. Um, what have you learned uh, starting off the year, the, the fall semester that you wanna share uh, to help others get off on a positive and productive start. Maria, we'll start with you. Um, okay, what have I learned? It is in abundance of what I've learned. Um, you know, I, I thought I knew a lot about technology before COVID hit, but I, I came to the quick realization that I didn't know hardly anything, and I had to do a lot of research and a lot of YouTube videos and talking to colleagues and sharing and, and learn a lot about it. But there has been um, some great things to come out of it that I will continue to use um, when, when I go back. So one of the things that, that I learned was how to use Canvas, even though our school had been using it for a few years. Um, you know, with PE, we're just hands-on, we're active, we're in the gym. So I really didn't utilize it that much, but that's a tool that I've gotten really uh, accustomed with and, and learned the tricks of the trades there. I've, I've learned a lot with um, Google Slides and, and sharing documents back and forth because it's all about sharing documents and assignments with teachers and students alike. Um, I started Kahoot last week, even though I've been at this for a while now, I finally um, got brave enough to try Kahoot and my students did it today for the very first time and they loved it. And, uh, and I've been dabbling with uh, the virtual gym stuff um, and, and embedding links and we'll get to that later. That's a few things that I've learned. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Chris, how about you? Yeah, like Maria said, what we did back in March and what it is now is completely different. And you know, the acronym, you know, KISS, you know, we need to keep it simple. You know, some of the things that we're throwing out there are overwhelming, not only for us as teachers, but for the students also. So if we make it more simple and easy for the students to understand and the parents also, you know, the access that they have to the device, you know, Maria mentioned Canvas, it's new to me. So she's ahead of the curve on that and I'm learning, but you know, just keep it simple, clear directions and expect there are gonna be setbacks, you know, Every day when I get in and look at my emails, I'm like, okay, this link might have not worked today or it didn't work yesterday. And I got to go in and just keep working and strive to improve on that progress and just keep it simple for everybody. Uh, both of you, it sounds like, to be honest with you, that, you know, it got you both out of your comfort zones a little bit. And you're both very experienced teachers. And, you know, you come back to school each fall and you know exactly what you're going to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, COVID comes along and now you're not sure what you're gonna do. You know, one of the things I, I, I'll i tag on to with you, Chris, is that you, you know, talking about keeping it simple, um, very true. And one of the things you're learning about online learning is that, you know, I said earlier in the huddles that you probably can only teach about 50% of what you normally do. And if you don't believe that, take a look at your faculty meetings and see how long they last. And that's because the efficient, delivery of information is not nearly as fast when you're not in front of each other. And and then, you know, there's people coming from all directions. So there's a lot to learn, but uh, do you feel like you've gotten off to a positive and productive start, Chris? I, I do, and you know, it was very frustrating at the beginning because 
uh, it was a new system. The Canvas system was new. And, uh, you know, like Maria said, there's lots of videos out there and, and lean on other professionals that have used this system before that, you know, have have tips out there to to help you. So every day it's all about, you know, progress. Just if I can learn something new every day, then I'm progressing on the system, not only for myself as a professional, but for the parents and the students. Nice, nice. Chris, you, you know, you're talking about how you've learned and how much you've learned. Tell me how your students have changed since the start of the fall semester. Well, the, the thing with that is back in March, you know, it was all new. And, and now the realization that, hey, some of them aren't coming back to school. Some of them are coming face to face. And we'll start that hopefully next week. That's the plan. So I think some of the students are adapting a lot better to this. Uh, I know my son who's in college now, it was it was not for him. So when we moved him back to the dorm a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was a relief for him that, hey, I'm, I'm back to as a new normal in college, but you know, every, every child, every teacher learns differently and we gotta adapt to what the situation comes up. It's a good statement right there. Maria, how about you? Um, you know, how do you, have you got off to a good start and what, what changes have you seen in, in your students uh, since the, you know, day one to now? Yeah. Well, we we started August third, so we're we're well into a month now, and um, you know, after teaching twenty six years, I I I rarely get really nervous before I start teaching. I get excited, um, but I found myself being extremely nervous before I logged on to that WebEx meeting, like really nervous, like I don't know what I'm doing, like I'm a first year teacher and. And so it started off a little rough like that. And then, and I noticed the students were the same, uh, very little dialogue going back and forth from both of us. I'm, you know me, I'm Chatty Patty. And we were just staring at each other. <laughs> and I'm trying to, what I tried to do was too much technology out of the gates. And I wasn't being true to myself as a teacher. I was trying every bell and whistle. And as Chris said, it didn't go well. There were things that would work one day and not another day. And that would make me tight and, and frustrated. And, and then I would end class going, God, that that stunk. <laughs> so then I started to just take a step back and go stop. Just stop and what do you know? Stay in your lane. You hear that all the time. What do I know how to do? So I started to think about what I did at school and try to emulate that in my living room. And once I started to do that and I pulled back the reins on some of the technology and just started to be myself, things started to fall in place. I relaxed. I started smiling and having fun with the students and Honestly, one of the things I found to warm them up and loosen them up is say their name. As soon as you say their name, that little square that you're looking at just lights up and they smile and then that makes me smile. And so as Chris said, keep it simple, stick to the basics, still build those relationships, all the technology. That's great if you know it and learn, learn as much as you can, but it's not the end all. Well, let's be honest. If technology were the end all and were so great, then we wouldn't need you guys. So sure. let's be honest, you are the show and you are why kids learn and why kids quit looking at the ceiling and everything else, okay? So let, let's just be honest, you are the show. And sometimes you get in front of a camera and you're worried about all the technology 
and you forget to be alive and who you are and you know in, into your game and you and you know it's you you gotta live them up you gotta get them going so absolutely well good those are uh, those are great insights and uh, is it are both of you feeling a little more comfortable now where you don't have those nerves when you step up there yeah i, I am because you know aaron has talked before in his sessions you know let the kids see your faults you know when i first started i would film five different takes it's like ah oh, screwed this up again screwed this up again and now i've just come to the fact that, hey if i screw it up oh well kids hey look i made a mistake it's gonna happen it's gonna happen when you do it but you know let them let them see your flaws because otherwise you're going to be there all day trying to do a production video you cannot teach and not make mistakes it is absolutely, you know, I always say perfection is the enemy of progress and you cannot be a good teacher if you're worried about making mistakes. All right, well, let's move on. That's a, that's a good opening. And I think you guys got us off to a good start for the semester. Um, you know, um, let's talk. It, it looks to me like the evolution is going to be mostly across the country is going to be fairly similar. There are exceptions, but we're doing virtual and then we're going to hybrid or modified and then we're going to be face-to-face. -face. And, and of course, hybrid is a combination of those two. Uh, you know, let's just talk openly here. Maria, Maria how do you feel about the, the safety of face-to-face -face instruction? Well, at first, uh, when I first started to wrap my head around going back to school, um, I found myself a little reluctant. You know, we've, we've kind of created this cocoon in our home for so long now, since March. And I thought, oh God, COVID is out there and I'm gonna be around the kids and it's out there and I'm gonna get it. And I was a little nervous, but after this long of remote teaching and watching the news and watching the numbers drop, and I, I can say happily, a lot of that anxiousness is gone. I'm ready to go back. I'm excited to go back, but, but, and we have guidelines for our district, but one thing that got me to really relax and just dive into going back to school is I am in control of my surrounding, of my gym. I can create the space in which I'm going to teach um, to protect myself, to protect the students and make sure that you know I follow the guidelines to keep everybody safe. And, and that's really helped me a lot. I'm not gonna rely on, on the news. I'm not gonna rely on surgeons or my district or my principal. I will hear their advice, I'll take it all in, but then I'm gonna create a space in which I'm comfortable. And that phrase right there is what I learned from you many years ago as your student at ASU in regards to management. And uh, it, it falls beautifully with what we're having to deal with right now. Chris? And like she said, you know, we control our own environment, whether it's outdoors, indoors, we can design our gym where we can feel good that we're doing the most important thing to keep our students safe. It might not be the guidelines that the CDC recommends, but we know what works in the gym and we know if we do these things that we're going to keep these students safe in our setting well said both of you yeah yeah um just a a quick word or two on each of these um what are you doing to uh preserve physical distancing when they come back chris um we got several steps in place we're doing the teachers and i'll show you my mask we have face masks but we also have face shields so one of the things we're doing i do temperature scans when we start face to face so i'll Put this on for a second so you guys can see. 
Now, are you guys required to wear both? Uh, if I am a screener in the morning, yes, I am. So when I teach, I don't have to wear the face shield. I can just wear the mask. But that's up to the teacher to decide what they want to do. But our art teacher came up with this cute idea. Uh, and it's just less threatening for the kids. This thing said big, bold letters, face shield on the front of it. It looks uh, cool. But we decorated it. The art teacher came up. My wife helped with this one. And, you know, it's just try to make it fun for the kids to say, hey, look, look, who's got the best mask? Maybe we have a contest here among the teachers to see who can design the best one. But, you know, uh, I've marked out the, my gym. My knees are bruised up from measuring six feet distances and marking off squares. But, you know, it's what we have to do to keep the kids safe. And I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, I liked your mask. You, you made a mistake on it. We were talking about mistakes. You put OU on, it's supposed to say ASU. I, I don't know how you went so yeah. far wrong there, Chris. Yeah. yeah, I'm one of the few people that hasn't had the joy of uh, attending ASU in one of your classes. So uh, you, you can hold that a strike against me. But uh, <laughs> No, I wouldn't at all. <laughs> uh, how about you, Maria? Any, any thoughts you have about how you're going to, Chris is talking about physically distancing students. Do you have any ideas about physically distancing yourself from your students? Yeah, one of the things that uh, we're doing is we're locking down. For this semester, we have declared we are shutting down the locker room, um, which means we're not dressing out, which is going to be new for us. Uh, we're, we're shutting down the hallways. Anything that we think students could bottleneck um, because, you know, it's going to be with high school students. They just want to jump on each other and be close. And so um, the students are going to be reporting to each one of their uh, PE teachers in their teaching space. And then they will already be pre-marked off by poly spots we're using um, to just right away keep them that six foot distance. We are not allowed to wear just shields. Our district said we have to wear masks at all times. Um, in fact, even with the students, the policy, no mask, no entry. So they're figuring out what to do with those students who don't. Um, I'm already stockpiling a bunch of masks so I can pass them out because obviously I want them to get physical activity. So there's just lots and lots of protocols that we're discussing now um, that we're doing the sanitizing. Uh, all of it is going to be in place. Lots how are you going <laughs> to keep your students? You know, I've seen your classes from time to time. Yeah. And your students want to come up right up to you and talk to you at the end of class and before class and tell you all these things. How are you going to, again, how are you going to keep yourself physically distanced? So from day one, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I have a lot of cones, as most PE teachers do. I'm going to mark off a quadrant with red cones or, or bright orange cones, and that is my teacher space. And they're going to know from day one that they are not allowed to enter that teacher space. And I will be in there most of the time. They know me as being all over the floor and high-fiving, and I'm going to have to explain to them that Coach Court's going to look a little different. Um, I'm going to be in this space and be air high-fiving you, virtual high-fiving from over here, and um, we're going to do, we're going to teach and practice the, you know, the waves and the virtual high-fives, and they're going to have to do more with emails and things like that, and we just have to start practicing right out of the gates, keep our distance. Um, it's going to be hard, but it's it's what we need to do. 
Well, I want, you know, the reason I bore in on that one is yeah. because, you know, we, we mark off the gym, mark off all these spots and everything, and then four kids come running up into your face and that sort of thing. It's important yeah. to keep yourself physically distanced as well and have some pretty hard and firm lines of demarcation. I know uh, Deb is probably going to have her, there's a, there's a stage in every one of the multipurpose rooms, and I think she's going to have her teach, her teachers teach from up on the stage so that they, they have a distance. And since the droplets go down, uh, not the aerosols, not quite as much, but they do too. Um, that'll keep them elevated above the the virus, uh, if, if some youngster is infected. Okay, good. Um, what about disinfecting equipment, uh, Chris? Yeah, I saw this. I did training in Lubbock uh, a couple years ago for Gopher, and one of the teachers there just showed on Twitter doing it. It was a great idea. So she has a kiddie pool from Walmart or Dollar General. So I have one. And so when we go to the point where we're going to use equipment, whether it's juggling scarves or something, it'll be a one use piece of equipment for the student and then when the class is over they'll drop it into the the pool and then i'll use uh, the disinfectant that's provided uh, or wash all the stuff and let it rest for 24 hours for the kids the next day what are you guys using for disinfectant curiously do you know chris um there is a chemical but i don't know the name of it that they're they're using but i i'm at my elementary campus i do have a washer dryer on site so in all reality, I'll probably wash them also at, at yeah, night. No, I was just uh, I was just curious what you're using, um, Maria. Yeah, as far as what disinfectant our district is using, I haven't heard yet, so I I, I don't know that. I, I know we'll be provided disinfectant. Um, what are you going to do about disinfectant? Or are you not going to use equipment early on? I'm actually not going to be using equipment early on, um, but when that time comes. I will have to look into that. I, I, I really foresee using one or two at the most pieces of equipment per class at a station. And then only if I have six classes, six students will use just that one piece of equipment and we'll have to disinfect that before and after each class. And I'm guessing that I would teach the students how to disinfect that. Um, but at the start, I think we're just going to ease back into um, getting face to face without touching equipment quite yet. Oh. And ventilation, of course, is another issue, um, obviously hand washing, but, you know, one of the things they're concerned about schools in Mesa is that the air conditioners are so old that they can't put high quality filters in them, so they may have to use, you know, some of you might think about putting a, a uh, your own filter system in there, and, for example, in Chandler, they're, they're buying uh, filters for a lot of teachers in spaces where they where they are so you may want to think about that uh, when when you get ready any other thoughts you guys have on coming back and kinds of issues you're going to have to deal with when you get faced well hybrid you maria you'll probably be hybrid in a few weeks i would guess how about you chris as of right now like i said we start on tuesday of the students that are coming face to face and then we're, we're still developing that plan. Am I going to film them, uh, the, the live lessons, and then upload them into Canvas for the students? Uh, you know, there's that fine line. If you, you can't record Google Meets or Zoom meetings because of all the uh, privacy laws and stuff, maybe students being 
exposed to the the screen or something. So, you know, there, there's a fine line we have to walk there. So I don't know if I will just film one of the lessons and then post it to Canvas for the kids that are asynchronous or it's still in development. But Tuesday, Tuesday, they're coming. You guys are in no hurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. If, if I had a, if I had I guess, a dollar for every time I heard the phrase, I don't know, then uh, I, 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 I guess it's because I know Deb, but oh my God, she's planning all the time for all these things. She's been planning, it seems like forever. So, um, yeah. so now, Chris, you're going back to hybrid or complete face to face. Face to face. One? The students on Tuesday that who opted in will be coming face to face, and that's when I'll be doing all the screenings when the kids come into the school building and then the ones that have opted not to stay home, that's where I'll be either doing a live lesson on uh, Google Meet or I'll film it in Canvas and then post it for those asynchronous kids that can't come live. And Maria? Uh, yeah, I just uh, got a meeting right before this and we're, we're looking at two different models, but as you said, every day is different. So. Um, we're exploring the hybrid model first, which could potentially start in a couple weeks if our benchmarks, you know, are where they need to be as a district. Um, so the the first model would be the school is split in half, and um, the, of the students who are choosing to go back face to face, they will be put into two groups, either Group A or Group B. If you're in Group A, they will go to school Monday and Thursday. If you're, and go to school all day, A hour through seventh hour, all the class periods. If you're in group B, you'll go Tuesday and Friday. Wednesday is off for independent study, tutoring and whatnot. Um, that's pretty much what we're doing right now. And the other option that they're looking at is um, that it's the same model, except the students who choose to be remote they will actually be taught by us teachers who are back at school. So for example, if you're in group A, I'll have students on Monday and I will hit the WebEx meeting, I'll hit play or record and I'll have my remote students and I'll have my students face-to-face -face all day, uh, which means more screen time for the students who choose remote because they will be on screen every single day. The good news for that is we have our students every single day except Wednesday. Um, the other model that I shared, um, you know, you're only going to see your students two days a week. So they're going back and forth. We don't know which one. They both have challenges, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll get through it fine, just like we did with this. So. Okay. Um, well, somebody asked a, a question. There's always somebody worried about the practical things. You know, what are you going to do with students who want to get it, who need water during PE? <laughs> you know what my district all our water fountains are are covered there's so the students have to bring their own water bottles and we're in the process of trying to install the new water systems that have the filling stations where you just hold it underneath the thing and it fills up their water bottle so we're, we're trying to get those installed but yes they the students have been notified that they need to bring their own water bottles and when they come to gym they are allowed to bring it with them and then I've got, well, I have a space for them to set it. Let, let me just say uh, a couple things about water and exertion. Um, you know, I, I see some crazy things that, you know, you wear your mask at all times, except when you're breathing hard. Um, 
I, I won't comment on that, but what, when you're breathing hard is when you're really spreading the, the, the virus. So obviously, you know, my advice to you teachers is not lose your head. First of all, you, you don't get kids all that fit in PE anyway. So um, you may not like to hear that, but I could show you all the research and you've heard, many of you have heard me talk about it. So move them, but to the point, uh, you know, kid says, oh, I got to take this mask off. So I'm getting tired. No, you leave the mask on and go rest um, because the mask is what you need on. And, and the water thing, I, 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 you know, as long as you don't push it too hard. Um, and, and someone says, are you focusing on more on PE or physical activity? Well, we're, we're focusing on both. I mean, PE is physical activity. That's a part of it. But we, I, I think if you're saying, are we focusing more on fitness or physical activity? I would say to you, physical activity. I think the one thing that kids need right now is movement away from the academics, getting up out of their seats, sitting around all the time, and they need physical activity. Right now is not the time to really worry about, you know, taking them up into the training zone, et cetera. Will you, will you put away those heart rate monitors, please, for now? And we'll get to those later. But for right now, we leave them alone. Some of you that think that, you know, as somebody said, well, if, if your heart rate isn't in the training zone, you ain't doing, and I won't say what word they use, but uh, baloney, get them moving, get them into it. Let's talk motivation. Uh, for your students, because that's important. Um, I know sometimes if you're doing Zoom or you're doing uh, WebEx, whatever, you can look out there and you can see cameras focused in all different directions, uh, uh, particularly at the high school. Um, kids looking at the ceiling, uh, funny, uh, you know. Maria, tell us a little bit of, uh, let's, let's have a little humor here. Some oh, of the things you learned that students do. <laughs> Uh, they, you know, students are always just one step ahead of the teacher. It takes us a while. We'll, we'll figure it out, but it, I have seen it all. So when we first started, I just noticed that I'm just seeing lots and lots of ceiling fans. Um, they didn't want to show their faces. And at, in some instances, I'd say, okay, bring your camera down so I can see you. Um, they like the dark. A lot of times I just see shadows of students. It could be their sibling, I don't even know. But um, it's very dark, I'm showing ceilings. Some students are having siblings turn on their camera and they're at work or they're in bed or they're not even there. So we've, you know, sometimes you can, a little trick say, hey, Karina, um, what do you think about, what do you think this muscle is right here? There's no Karina, Karina's <laughs> not there. So, but we've, you know, my approach though for the ones that are there this is not a discipline thing and i'm not trying to single anyone out i just encourage them and say hey i'm not grading your ceiling fan tilt your camera down. i want to see your cute little face i want to see your smile and they'll end up doing it and it's it's been interesting i i think the hardest i think the funniest thing about this remote teaching is when i'm on campus before COVID hit I couldn't get kids to stop talking when I'm talking. La, 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 la. They're all chit-chatty. With this, it's the complete opposite. I can't get them to show their faces. I can't get them to unmic and and answer a question or talk. They're all of a sudden very, very shy. Um, it's like being on TV. I mean, I present all the time. And every time I get on with you, Bob, even for this, I get real nervous. So I get it. 
Um, it's been difficult. It's been interesting. It's been fun. I've uh, just get them to laugh, get them to lighten up and get there. Yeah, you know, I was just reading an article in the Atlantic uh, today about even a lot of adults don't want to show their room. Mm. Um, and mm. don't want to don't want to be seen in where they live and maybe somebody will see you know stuff that they don't live at, at the same level that that others do and you know we have a lot of of free and reduced students in mesa and you know there's there's all kinds of motivations for why people don't want to be on screen and and many people will talk much easier if they don't have to show their face I, it's a, it, it, you know, just is that fear of public speaking. Chris, you got anything you want to share with us? Yeah. yeah, Maria, you know, covered it. It's, you know, it's the whole social emotional learning. You know, we, it's hard to connect with a, a picture of an N or a W or something, you know, when they put up their screen blocks. So, you know, I'm okay if you got a brother or sister crawling behind you on the screen and they're, having to do their lessons you know that it's the reality we're in you know there might be three kids in a room all on separate devices and it, it's it's okay i mean it's what we're doing right now and it's it's okay to see those things and it's it's funny sometimes you know to see the, what's going on in the background yeah it, it can be funny it can also piss you off uh, okay so we'll be honest about it okay i mean sometimes it's not ha ha funny when it goes on and same kid all the time or whatever. So I, I guess one of the things I want to say here is, you know, um, don't let it affect your attitudes if, if possible, because if you get kids checking out, I mean, I watched the class and, and this little guy's back shooting baskets the whole time, you know, he, he's, he's got a basket on hanging on his door and little Johnny's back there shooting baskets all the time, you know, and <laughs> But the teacher at the end of the class uh, shut everybody off but him and then chatted with him. So remember, you can still do those kinds of things to try to pull them back into the fold. It isn't like you go in, you talk, the lesson's over, and you walk off. I mean, that's that's pretty dry, and, and uh, there's not much accomplished there. You're still going to have to do and take time to change attitudes uh, towards your students on those kinds of things. So um, for you, Chris, what do you think is the, and I, you know, let's reach down into the gut. What's the hardest part of online teaching for you? Maria mentioned it earlier. She's got me by one year. This is my 25th year. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm a first year teacher. You know, I, I, came into a system, you know, like you said, I, I'm always excited about the year. And, and somebody brought it real to me the other day. They said, you know, why are you so, you know, upset this year? I said, because I'm always excited about teaching. And I said, this does not excite me right now. I said, I am not, I'm not feeling this. This, this online learning is not what I am. I know it's what I got to adapt to, but it's just, you know, after 25 years and this whole new, you know, I feel like I'm a first year teacher again and that that I, I just struggle every day. And and I I got to get over that because I know that's not good for me and it's not good for the students. I really appreciate that. That's a that's a honest as could be. And I think that that's something that our listeners out there can identify with. Maria, same question. Uh, yeah, I think. Um... 
the lack of feedback has been very difficult. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a sense of energy and a culture you create and a climate you create in your classroom. And all of that is gone when you're talking to a screen and you're not getting the feedback, either laughter, because they're mic'd, you know, they're muted. So even if you do say something funny, you don't hear it. Um, it class ends and it's not the same, although I've tried to bring some of that back. I have them all on mic at the very end and clap and say Mesa so we can hear. But um, that lack of feedback has honestly made me feel very anxious. And, and just about every day since this started, I feel this sense of nervousness and anxiousness. And I've never had that before as a teacher. And I think it's lots of things, not just encompassed into the one. I think it's the fear of COVID. It's the, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not teaching how I normally teach. Am I reaching students? Um, I have my own children, you know, that I worry about. So um, to, to try to get through a class period and put on that teacher face and, hey, let's get after it. And when you're feeling anxious, when you start the day is very, it's been very difficult. It's getting better. We're getting into our routine just in time for us to go back <laughs> and start a whole new set of things. But um, I just want you, if you're listening and you feel the same way, you're certainly not alone. Um, it, it's been a doozy. It's been difficult. Well, and, you know, I, I'm talking to two really good teachers here, and I know there's lots of really good teachers listening. Um, and the truth of the matter is most of you really good teachers feed on student feedback and in, in the interaction with students and, and being able to watch a, and pull a class together and have them work together and do all these things together and it feels so good. Um, and then, you know, you're sitting looking at a screen and nobody's talking to you. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's tough, but I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's something we just accept and we say, well, we're actors, you know, when, when those screen actors are working, they, they don't, they're not acting in front of an audience, they're acting in front of a camera and they have to convince us that they're real. And, you know, when you see a great actor, you say, wow, I can believe that Tom Hanks, that, that's really him. I bet he was in that, uh, that role. And, and yet, you know, he did all that in front of a camera. So if Tom Hanks can do it, so can us. So can we, because, you know, you're good teachers. Um, you know, question I had here is about parents listening in. Uh, how do you handle parents listening in? Well, you don't worry about it. You assume the whole world is listening in. That's why you watch what you say, because the whole world is listening in. And if they comment, um, if it becomes a distraction for you, in other words, if it takes your class in a different direction because there's a parent that just wants to say, my Johnny is doing this and I don't know what to do and what can, Chris, can you help me with my Johnny? Well, that's, that's very personalized. That's when I go do workshops and somebody wants me to help them solve a personal problem. I can't, okay? I've got a whole group in front of me. And so you might have to straighten that out after. And the best thing is just to say, if you want to talk to me, talk to me after class. I have just a couple minutes after class and then let it go. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, I said that technology isn't the show. You guys are the show. But I know you two guys uh, have done a little bit with uh, virtual gyms. And I guess one of the reasons I, li I like virtual gyms and like what you've done is because 
it, it gives students a landing place and it looks pretty cool and it's exciting and it's a good way to start rather than you just walk in cold with your face and turn on some video of somebody doing a fitness routine. So um, Maria, how about sharing a couple things that you've done and then Chris will share what he's done. These two have done a couple virtual gyms and I, I just think they're, they're cues as Dickens. Go ahead, share them with us. Well, I am happy to share. Let's see, you're seeing that, right, Bob? Yes, I am. Okay, let me get it in present mode here. So it gets a little bit bigger. So this is my virtual gym. I was um, really excited to do this. I, I've seen them on social media and I was uh, envious and jealous. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. I wanna do one. So I just figured it out on YouTube and asking some colleagues how to do it. Um, I was lucky I had a picture of my actual gym on my phone and I use that as a background. So if you're seeing the screen, you can see that that gym is my very own gym. Although when I was researching how to do this, there's templates of a million different gyms. Um, and this is mine. And basically it says, welcome to Coach Court's virtual gym. Click on all the items and they will open up to um, different fun places where you can get fit. And there's some information things as well. So for example, I'll, if I click on this, we are Mesa, this is our PBIS program that um, shows MESA, Mature, Ethical, Safe, Accountable. I know a lot of schools have that program. So that's just one. There's actually there's videos. If I click on the jump rope, it'll take you to a jump rope video um, right off of YouTube. You just are you ready them. to skip yourself limp? Yeah. Grab the jump rope and join me for the ten minute work. There it is. <laughs> I won't bore you with the jump rope video. If you click on the water bottle over here, it's a quick little easy handout on the importance of drinking water while exercising, signs of dehydration and whatnot. So this was just a fun way to take the gym um, back home uh, to their home where they feel like, oh, there's there's our gym, there's Coach Court, it's a visual, and they have fun clicking on it. It's on my homepage on Canvas, that's where I keep it. Um, this next one here is my modified PE virtual gym. I made it a little bit more specific for those kiddos because half my students have disabilities, the other half of that class is students, helpers. And so I have things like bean bags and juggling scarves and basketballs. And when you click on those activities, they're more specific to modified PE. Um, I got a lot of my videos off of ASAP that Gopher provides um, Dr. Pangrazi's curriculum. And they work beautiful in these because modified PE, I need more of elementary type lessons and they were fantastic. So that, that worked. And another idea I, saw on social media was designing your own virtual locker. And I did this at the beginning of the year. So for some of you that are starting after Labor Day, this is a really fun icebreaker, get to know you activity that you could do virtual. And I found this on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, this is the template for the instructions for the students to use. And then I give them um, a blank one, just like that, that they get to design and create their own locker with their interest. And then on a specified day, they get to share uh, who they are. Here's a, an example of a cubby. If you have elementary and maybe they don't use lockers, there's one that has a cubby. And then I give the students, uh, this is my example. Um, when I'm talking about the assignment, I show them mine. This is what we maybe want it to look like. 
but obviously pick the things that you enjoy. And then this was a neat way for me to talk about myself on day one, to introduce myself. If I, And I did embed a couple things. If you click on my picture, it goes to my syllabus. But I say, oh, I, I really like tennis shoes. I like mountain biking. I went to ASU and blah, blah, blah. And then that was a way for them to get to know me right out of the gates too. So fun activity. And enough about me, let's talk about Chris and see his super cool gym. And Maria talked about, this is also my homepage on Canvas. So the Luna in the top were the Luna Lions. So we took that on there. And then, you know, this is my dog down here on the gopher scooter. That's Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> so he, uh, he, he is, uh, we talk about that. So I'll stand in front of this screen and I'll, I'll uh, do a video and say, you know, I'm Mr. Nichols. I love to play golf. This is my dog. He loves to go for a walk. He doesn't listen to directions very well. Uh, so he's, uh, and over here, Maria would kick, uh, click on the gym rules. Uh, same thing, you know, you can embed anything into your Bitmoji thing, and it just brings up another uh, slide for them to know. So when we go face to face, you know what I expect, you know, be respectful, be responsible, and, you know, be safe. You, you want to keep it simple and elementary. And, and, and make it unique for them. And from that homepage, Maria knows on Canvas, then you can embed lots of different activities into your uh, Canvas platform that the kids can also, by linking buttons to the Canvas platform that the kids can also click on. Nice, nice. I good on you guys. I think you, I, I think that's uh, terrific. I'm impressed. Um, let me get my screen back here. Um, how do students respond to those things, Chris? Have you have you had any feedback? Yeah, it's per. I mean, when you make things personal and the kids know about what you enjoy and what you like, you know, um, teacher appreciation week last year, you know, when we were face to face, you know, I don't know how many boxes of golf balls I got, you know, so that was, you know, they knew that that was something that I enjoyed and they they want to know, you know, they've. Some of the kids have also said, sent me pictures of them walking their dog. You know, we're getting our exercise night with our family. We're out walking the dog and we're doing all these things. So anything where you can just make those connections with the kids, it's, it's important. Yeah, it sure is. I, I mean, you know, once again, we're talking motivation. How'd your students do on the lockers, Maria? Oh, they were fantastic. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. In fact, I wasn't even sure when they submitted the assignment where it was going to wind up on my computer if I'd ever find it. <laughs> and so, but luckily they all wound up on one Google slide presentation and they really shared a lot about themselves. In fact, God, we spent two whole days just going through the students and them sharing their lockers and, and they talked, they had pictures of their family, their favorite color their favorite song and boy they were way more savvy with technology than I was they had songs embedded in there and and all kinds of stuff so it it, it was really whoops <laughs> really really successful um, in fact this is one of the things that I'm going to continue to do both of those the virtual gym and the virtual locker I'm going to continue to do when this is all over and we're back to school because I think technology is an integral part of curriculum so I like it. Nice, nice. Someone said they're teaching a 30-minute lesson, et cetera. It, you know, I, I hope when you're teaching a 30-minute lesson um, that it's not solid teaching. I hope you're taking some time at the start to warm your students up, to uh, welcome them, and then I hope you're closing it and 
you know, 30 minutes of, of hard instruction is, is tough. These are, you know, these are, it's hard for kids to sit still that long. And that's, that's when the uh, cameras head towards the ceiling um, is when they decide to tune out. So um, how do you, um, how do you check for understanding? I mean, how do you, how do you check to see, uh, Maria, if your kids are even tuned in and present? Um, one thing that I started doing is I'm just asking questions and talking to them and I'm engaging them. Like you said at the beginning, I always start out just welcome, welcoming them to class and saying, how's everybody doing? I'm almost doing like an SEL well check at the beginning. How's everybody doing? Give me a thumbs up. And I see all the thumbs up. Then I do this thing where we say, let's give everybody a high five. And, and I want to see a smile because they always start out, look like they just woke up. They're in dark rooms. They look a little gloomy. So I say, all right, stand up tall, let's give a smile. And I'll say, give a high five to the person above you. And we look up and give a high five to the person next to you, look down and we do all that. And we have a little bit of fun at the beginning, a good five minutes to check in. And I'll try to do a little quick activity at the beginning that's kind of fun, like a show and tell. You guys have one minute to run around your house, find something that you're gonna show and tell. And it's always a pet. I've seen more dogs, more cats and pets, but it's been fun. And then I'll talk about the lesson that we're going to do and do it. And at the end, we do some feel-good um, activities as well. You and have to take really, role. I, I take role. Yep, I take role. I used to take role um, by you look at Cisco WebEx and you can see who joined. But I thought that really lost the personal touch. I don't do that when I'm teaching face-to-face. -face. They like to hear their name called. They raise their hand. So I just went back to the basics of what I do normally. And I do take role. And I give them a big smile. How you doing today? You know, and and that's that building relationship piece there. So yeah. Chris, you got some thoughts for us on that? Yeah, and she was using a different platform. But if if you're using a Google Meet, there's extensions on there that the kids can have where they can give thumbs up or high fives and stuff on that. <laughs> you can also track attendance in there. Like she said, it's not as personal, but it the program will uh, download it into an Excel sheet uh, and on Canvas. When you record the videos in there, you can see the kids, you know, how much time did they spend watching the video? Did they watch all the video or did they just click on and click right off? So there, there are ways that we can check if they got the whole lesson. Great. Let me finish up with a few words here. I, you, you guys did a great job. It's fun talking to you. And it's, it's exciting to see teachers be excited about something that's difficult trying and you know um but when if people who have taught 25 years can still get excited well that's good and uh, i still get excited about teaching myself last week we talked about becoming becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable and another aspect of comfort is that it often destroys a desire to grow and learn new skills in fact we often say well you know He's comfortable. He hasn't changed in the last three years, and that's not a compliment. Um, one of the reasons distance learning has been so tough for teachers is that their habits and skills for face-to-face -face instruction were honed to a high level. They knew exactly what they were doing, and in turn, the students knew exactly what to expect and how to behave. Once instruction went online, everybody was uncomfortable, and old habits and skills were not always effective. I've visited with teachers who have come back after the summer and been teaching now for about a month or more. And one of the things I keep hearing from them 
is I've learned so much about virtual instruction and it will help me when I get back face to face with face to face with my students. And had these uh, teachers not been pushed out of their comfort zone, guess what? They might not have changed and grown some professionally. Um, I think Chris and Maria are probably a, a bit different now than they were pre-COVID. And, uh, you know, that's a compliment. Now, I'm not advocating physical education is better in a virtual setting. And in fact, I believe quite the opposite. However, for those of us who got comfortable and rarely developed new techniques and skills, this may have been a wake-up call. Now I see teachers becoming animated in front of the cameras, teaching teachers checking in with their students more than ever to monitor their understanding and refocus their attention. Yeah, it's been a difficult time, but step outside yourself for just a minute, will you? And look around. It's been difficult for students. It's been difficult for parents. It's been difficult for administrators. It's been difficult for school boards, not just you. And it has been uncomfortable for everyone. And the result has often been a negative collection of short fuses, hot tempers, and high levels of frustration. Yet more and more, I hear others saying, it's time to put our masks on and filter out the words of anger and frustration. Buy yourself a mask that turns high emotion into cool, compassionate, and caring words. Think before you speak. Be patient. Demonstrate the behavior you want from your students. Breaking down our nation's polarization and lack of compassion for different viewpoints is going to be a slow process. And it starts with teachers. You must lead the way with this generation. I've often said teachers are the fabric of our society. Well, now the time to show it. Now is the time for our profession to teach the current generation to accept others, avoid bullying, live with humility, be grateful and develop a high level of acceptance for those of all races and creeds. When you talk to your students about unacceptable behavior, you are teaching them positive values that can make the world a better place for all. It doesn't matter if you're the fastest runner or the best thrower. It matters whether you are a good human, someone who wants to make the world fair and just. Have you stopped and thought lately about why you became a teacher? I bet it has a lot to do with helping students become better people and giving them all a chance to find acceptance and success throughout life. So to all of you, I say thanks for being teachers and making the world a better place for all. My very best to all of you for a, a great start as you return for the fall activities. Teach away, be your best, be cool, and you know, when I say be cool, I'm pointing that finger right back at Bob because any of you that know me know I'm as volatile and straightforward as they come. So work hard. Um, Maria and Chris, I thought you guys were great in sharing emotion and feelings about how this feels and what you can do to make it better. And I know those teachers out there are gonna do some great things. Thanks to all of you. And uh, we'll see you at the next huddle which will be in two weeks at the same time. And we'll be talking a little bit about social emotional learning. Uh, we'll have a couple guests on then. 
that will deal with that as well, one from SHAPE and uh, another one of our consultants. So thank you all so much and uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good job, my friends. High five. <laughs> <laughs>